My name is Paul Riley, also known as Political Paul, and this is The Riley Rant, a weekly podcast where we discuss all things political, professional, and personal. Let's rant. Thank you for tuning in to the 8th official episode of The Riley Rant. Last week I did a birthday episode around things that I've learned after 24 years of living. Hope that you all were able to check that out and hope that you enjoyed it. That episode provides a nice segue into what I want to discuss this week. I was able to connect with a former colleague who was heading off on a new adventure. And so before he left for Ecuador, I wanted to catch up with him just to share or to get him to impart some wisdom on things that he's learned throughout his life and what he wants us to take with us as he goes on this new journey. So without further ado, it's an honor and a privilege to introduce Alex Blanton. Alex, how are you? I'm doing well, Paul. Doing well. Thanks for uh, having me on. No, thanks for coming. I know that things are probably hectic on your end as you prepare of what I'm sure is going to be a fun, memorable, life-changing, self-discovery experience. Yeah, yeah, things are uh, things are definitely you know getting busy. I'm leaving on Friday, so getting to crunch time, just um, you know picking up the final items I need to pick up, mm-hmm. making sure it all fits, making sure I'm being as light as possible, getting my my digital life organized, taxes. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, very excited to come on with you and, and chat for a little bit before uh, before heading off. Definitely. And, and on the Riley when we discuss all things political, professional, and personal. And so I know that many listening, especially former colleagues, would love to know what you're up to now, sort of a personal update, where you are now, when exactly you're leaving, things of that sort. Yeah, yeah. So I left uh, LinkedIn on uh, February 24th after being there uh, for like a year and two months, essentially, um, going through the uh, the BOP program and spending time in the sales side of things for a few months and uh, left San Francisco on the 28th of February. So I've been back in Nashville um, almost two weeks now. And then I will be departing on a uh, with a one-way ticket to Ecuador this Friday. So this Friday, the uh, uh, yeah, the, the 16th or the 17th, I believe. That's is, when the uh, begins. Yeah, that's yeah, when the when the odyssey officially kicks off so and very what, excited and what inspired me to to reach out to you is because prior to leaving you wrote um an email which i hope you will ultimately publish in in some sort of content i know you probably will once you start publishing more in the coming yeah. weeks but really resonated with me and many people that read it and so i thought that that would be a great place to start just sifting through all the content packed in that because i'm sure that um the listeners can learn something just as i have from just spending time with that and rereading it and re-rereading it just to take all of the lessons <laughs> yeah. that you, you imparted on us. And so you start, um, and to start, I want to first create a framework so that people can follow along. So in a previous episode mm-hmm. entitled Tough Love with Chelsea Taylor, we took a framework of looking inward, outward, and forward. And so I think that that would be a nice um, way to think about this episode and structure it, looking inward, outward, and forward to better understand your story, to better understand this path that you're on. So starting with the inward, you know, looking internally, um, I love this initial quote that you had in the piece where you talked about, my restless spirit impelled me onwards for the quest for more. 
an unquenchable thirst that, for better or worse, pushed me to pursue maximal achievement, status, and upward mobility. This pursuit, starting early in my youth, emerged from deep-seated feelings of confusion and discontent within myself. I wasn't happy. I genuinely thought that a journey of external achievement and consumption would eventually lead me to a mountaintop of satisfaction and peace. And so that, that seems to be some internal struggle in that quote, and would love to learn more about when did this qu- thirst or this, this quench for more start, um, and, and how did you continue on this will or this chase for more throughout your life? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Um, and, and just want to say first off, I'm really glad that that you, you know, found some value from uh, from that piece that I wrote. And I definitely do plan on posting it publicly probably um, within the coming weeks once I have some more, you know, online infrastructure set up. But, um, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, that quote essentially speaking about my uh, – how the discontentment and, and in a way the pain that I felt kind of drove me to um, pursue a lot of external things. I mean, that really began for me rather early on, um, whether, you know, whether it's a product of, uh, of my genetics or my upbringing or a combination of, you know, a lot of different things. Uh, I'd say from the age of 13, 14 uh, was when I really began to feel uh, just like a deep level of just discontentment and kind of almost, you know, unhappiness, mm-hmm. um, within my life and kind of the, the only way that I really knew, um, or the only avenue I really thought about being able to solve that would be, uh, would be a very externally, uh, achievement focused sort of, uh, sort of mindset, um, kind of following the path of, uh, you know, I felt like, you know, at the deepest level, it really, you know, came out of a feeling that I just wasn't good enough. Just me being me the way I was just wasn't good enough, mm-hmm. just kind of at that, you know, uh, almost existential level. So, you know, I went after whether it was, uh, you know, whether it was needing to be the athlete or having the right social circle or, or you know, um, making the right grades or whatever. Uh, I felt like I needed to have all of that and be the best at all of that in mm-hmm. order uh, for me internally to feel okay. And that's kind of the the mindset that really predominantly fueled my development, uh, you know, probably from early in high school to, uh, you know, through most of college. And did that materialize through, so that validation, did it take away some of that feeling of discontent or did it allow you to shield some of that through the praises and the blessings and the celebrations of others. How did that, that, that want for more balance out that discontent meant that you were feeling or do yeah, yeah. yeah, no, that, those are, those are fantastic questions. Um, I'd say to, to your first point of, uh, or your first question, you know, did it make me feel any better? Um, it did a bit in the sense that, uh, I guess every time I felt like I reached that next level, uh, I got a bit of a, you know, probably just like a big dopamine hit out of, uh, you know, having achieved that next thing, kind of like a good analogy. Uh, you know, it's a lot like our consumption culture culture, and that, you know, we may buy something and it feels great, mm-hmm. you know, when we first buy it. But then, you know, over time, we very quickly get used to it and, and then it just becomes life again and we kind of veer back into our normal baseline. Um so, you know, I experienced that for me and that's part of like that, 
perpetual thirst of like more, 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 because each individual hit uh, is only, you know, only garners fleeting satisfaction. Um, and then as well, in terms of like a shield, uh, it, it's definitely a shield of almost like a defensive mechanism um, for sure. Um, and then, you know, like a crutch as well is like feeling like I need to lean on, you know, these different external things because just me, you know, just me being on my own two feet by myself, um, you know, that, uh, maybe very, would have made me very, very insecure. So, um, kind of finding security in, in these external validating things was something that, that I definitely relied on. And I think what's so interesting about that too, is in those types of frameworks and those paradigms, when you put so much pressure on that more, did you ever feel like that, that crashing feeling of like, if you didn't meet that, that more, if you failed in some narrow definition in some way, did you feel like that had a, a horrible effect on you or did you never experience that failure because you would just find something else to latch on to, to make up for it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely, um, definitely experienced failure for sure. I mean, it's when I think when one, when we, uh, you know, just speaking for myself, when I feel or felt insecure with myself, and then I would rely on, you know, whether it's, you know, athletic stuff or whether, um, you know, it's like having the right girlfriend or like whatever that stuff may be. When, you know, I wrap up, because I'm insecure, I wrap up my identity in these external things and these external results or, or what have you. When those then get taken away, it's it's extremely painful and extremely scary. And you know, I think um, what it really does is is it's kind of you know I didn't believe in myself, so I almost kind of gave away my power to being almost you know kind of like a slave to these other things that I that I felt like I needed and needed to do. Um, so when you know then those are taken away, or if I fail in you know a very narrow domain then um then yeah no it was definitely you know those moments would be definitely like very crushing um because so much of my identity was was tied up into that definitely and so moving forward you know looking forward or sort of outward i should say into how you began to realize that you were impacted by these external factors um what did you do i, I know that in your your post you you noted that um and you shared a quote by ralph Waldo Emerson, where he says, a man should learn to detect and watch that gleam of light which flashes across his mind from within more than the luster of the ferment of bards and sages. And what Ralph Waldo Emerson's basically saying for the listeners, because I had to spend some time with that quote too, but what he's basically saying, uh. how I interpret it is that we need to start being comfortable with our own thoughts and with our own perceptions of how things work and not really focus on the bards and sages of philosophers and poets. Their beautiful quotes and their beautiful sayings we should actually be comfortable and confident in creating those ideas, those thoughts, those frameworks for ourselves because Ralph Waldo Emerson would probably argue that our, our we're intellectually capable of making those decisions, making those desires and beliefs for ourselves that we don't need others in their perspective. And so where did that shift come from, from you uh, or for you when you look at how you move from the external validation to saying, you know what, I'm going to have to reclaim who I am. I'm going to have to start creating my own thoughts around what I want to do, what success looks like, and what I want to ultimately accomplish. 
Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think so. I think for me, the uh, the biggest inflection point came my senior year of college when um when kind of if you were to look at my life uh on paper you know i like all the boxes were checked of what you know a young uh you know young man of 22 years old like would want um uh, in terms of, uh, you know, I was finishing up school in New York city. Um, I got the, you know, the LinkedIn job, you know, lined up really well, which was the number one thing that, that I wanted of, of the different things I was looking at. I was, you know, living with my best friends, had like a good crew, like Mm -hmm. really everything and more, you know, we were in New York, we were, you know, fooling around doing whatever. Um, but like right on paper, uh, maybe, you know, on the Facebook level of life, right? Yeah, the Instagram, you know. Twitter, Facebook. Level. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I'm not a big social media guy, but like at that level of things, like, you know, it looked like, you know, this kid's living the dream. Even, well, even uh, on LinkedIn too, for that matter. I mean, you yeah. LinkedIn so you could see all these yeah. accomplishments as well. Yeah, yeah. So, but the, the, the kind of crushing reality is like all these things were coming together that I'd worked so hard for um in terms of you know going to college you know getting the type of job that i wanted out of college like all these different sorts of things uh i had achieved all that and i felt uh just crushing emptiness and unhappiness and the uh you know the scary thing was was that it was i couldn't pin it on anything specific it was it was uh because you know i i didn't you know it's not like a, a relative of mine passed away or that you know I got kicked out of school or like something, something like literal happened in my life that would warrant the way I was feeling. Um, but it was something just kind of existential in that I was able to kind of extrapolate and see, you know, maybe 30 year old me, 40 year old me, 50 year old me, you know, following this path, this external path of achievement and job titles and money and, and whatever it may be in realizing that, Okay, forty-year-old me continuing down this path is is going to be just as empty and miserable. However, uh, quote unquote, you know, successful he is. Mm-hmm. So that really, you know, made me realize that, um, you know, along with you know, some started doing some more you know philosophical or or spiritual type reading, um, made me realize that in the the key to unlocking this the key to kind of un- unlocking the the riddle of uh, of myself is an internal journey mm-hmm. it's going to be me looking inward maybe me looking at those dark corners internally that maybe i've been uh repressing or avoiding with this you know external path of just excitement and dopamine hits and 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 whatnot um maybe i'm gonna have to look inward and and figure out how to solve this riddle internally because it, it has to be there because I've, I've realized it's not, the answer is not out here. So that's kind of, you know, when almost, you know, kind of hitting rock bottom forced me to, to kind of shake that shift in perspective. And was there any fear along the way? So when you began to have this epiphany, you talk about how you're on this amazing path to success, you know, the next 20, 30 years are lined up nicely for you. I'm sure that maybe brought about some some fear or second guessing. Did that ever occur uh, for you, and and how did you navigate and battle that? Because I'm sure many listeners will want to know. You know, if I'm in this position where I come to this realization, 
how do I fight past, you know, the fear or those voices telling me, don't go off the well-trodden path. Don't shake yeah. the box, you know, <laughs> keep it consistent, stay on this path and everything will be okay. What would you say to those, those listeners? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great question. I would say that, um, and I think you you were talking about this maybe on your last podcast, but about, you know, listening to, listening to your gut, mm-hmm. um, and through kind of the journey that I've been on, you know, now the last year or so, and, and what I'll kind of be, you know, be continuing on in Ecuador in terms of my, um, my inward journey is realizing that the, um, the smartest person in your life is you and, and the person that knows what's best for you is you. And I think part of the, of the issue is that the way, the way that we grow up and we're taught to uh, behave and taught to, you know, partake in things as children, like, especially in the context of school is like, you know, my gut instinct is saying like, ah, this is stupid. Why am I doing this? But like, we're taught to be like, you know, just shut up and listen to authority because mm-hmm. they, they know what's best. Um, you know, this is, you know, this is good for you. This is whatever. Um, or, you know, as we get older, it becomes, okay, moving into, uh, moving into careers. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, especially if you, uh, if you're going through one of those coming from more of those high pressure environments, um, I think, uh, kind of just almost despite the immense opportunity and, and privilege that, that those of us, you know, people have who are able to, you know, go to college and those sorts of things, it almost puts, more pressure to kind of follow the set regimented path in a way when you come out of that. Yeah. Um, but it's basically right where it's so much of the system that we find ourselves in and, you know, in 2017 is this big rigid system that it's kind of like, you know, we need to figure out how we fit into it rather than starting with ourselves and be like, this is who I am. This is, this is what my instinct kind of guides me to do in leading from that first. Um, so I think it's, it's trust your gut, like is, is the number one thing. If if you're, um, you know, something Steve jobs, it's Steve jobs quote that I've certainly meditated on is, you know, if, if I wake up a certain number of days in a row and I'm not excited about, or I'm not happy with what I'm going to be doing that day, then it's time for a change. It's time to do something different. So that's something that, um, something that I always keep in mind. And I think it requires what you're talking about, literally unlearning what you've been taught and what you've been instructed to internalize throughout your entire life, you know, not relying on authority for those decisions, but really stepping back and saying, you know, what do I want? I've jumped through all these hoops. I've hit these goalposts, but this is what everyone tells me I should be doing. What exactly do I want to do? And so I love that that advice that you gave for the listeners. And I think in your uh, post or your letter or email that you sent out, you sort of touch on this towards the end where you, you note, in nooks, all over, in nooks all over the earth sit men who are waiting, scarcely knowing in what they are waiting, much less that they are waiting in vain. Occasionally the call that awakens, that accident which gives them the permission to act, comes too late, when the best youth and strength for action has already been used up by sitting still. And many have found to their horror that when they leaped up, that their limbs had gone to sleep and their spirit had become too heavy. It's too late, they said to themselves, having lost their faith in themselves and henceforth forever useless. And so this is, I love that quote that you shared because it highlights to me 
how high the stakes are if we don't act. If we continue to sit and remain complacent, how when we actually get the urge to act, it may be too late. When we get the urge to act, time may have passed us by. Opportunities may have um, escaped our grasp. And we're now sitting here sort of 20, 30 years down the road, upset, miserable, and frustrated. And so really love that you incorporated into that. You can definitely touch on that in your next response. But also wanted to understand how this ties into what you're doing in Ecuador because this seems like an intelligent risk that you're taking, um, a, a, a desire, a gleam that's come to your mind that's forcing you to act on it. So how did you come about sort of acting on this? And, and what are your thoughts on you know the complacency that can stop people from doing what their heart desires or what they know they should be doing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, great, great questions there. And I, I love that quote. It like I almost get a uh, I feel something deep in my stomach every time I read that because it's it's uh, it's niche and he's he's brutally honest, but you you know, he's right. So it's it that quote really uh, it really gets at me. And, and I know it really you know, resonates with with, um, you know, with a, with a lot of my friends. Um and it reminds me of Les but Brown too. He's a he's a motivational speaker. Yeah, Sem- something similar to this where he talks about taking your dreams to the grave with you and and how that yeah. happens and and how you know there's so much there because people take these ideas with them. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know just thinking about it for me is I think a lot of it goes back to you know again growing up you know going through middle school going through high school I think you know. Most of us, if you know, probably all of us at some stage, right, went through uh, a period of discontent or confusion during that phase of life. And I think what we often you know, project when we're kids or when we're young adults or teenagers is that, uh, okay, I'm kind of stuck in this situation now because I have to go to school or I have to do these things. But you know, when I'm old and I'm an adult, adult and I'm independent, oh, I'm going to figure it out because I'll be able to do whatever I want. Yeah. And then slowly but surely, you know, the years go by and we find ourselves, okay, we're adults. I have you know, complete freedom to choose uh, what I want to do and, and have full responsibility for myself. Uh, but, you know, we kind of find that those that clarity just, you know, hasn't shown itself yet. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, what, what Nietzsche is getting at and, and what I believe is that, you know, unfortunately, there's not going to be – there's not going to be just some random day in the future where kind of, um, uh, we're kind of like the rays of light, you know, suddenly shine down one morning and and ah, like, <laughs> boom, oh, now I get it, or boom, now I understand what what I need to do with my life, or now whatever, like, uh, and I think a lot of us are in the mode of maybe waiting more passively of being like, okay, this, you know, I don't like this now, but, um, you know, in the future you know, in the future, I'll, maybe I'll do something else next. And in the future, like I'll eventually figure it out. Uh, but the reality is that like there, that kind of arbitrary day in the future where, where that clarity, uh, where we often think that clarity will come, it's not just going to come without doing anything. It takes us taking that step ourselves. You know, it takes, uh, like James Altucher, like choose yourself. Like no one's going to choose you. You you have to choose yourself. Yeah. And you have to take the initiative. And the difficult thing is that I think the the status quo and kind of the paradigm is more. Uh, unfortunately, kind of people just get used to that kind of passive mode, and um, 
you know, I think what's, you know, what's often worse than pain is just being comfortable because when you're comfortable, you're, you're certain you're not fully alive, but you're not feeling that sense of urgency to, to try and do something different. And that's, that's frankly, that's my greatest fear. And part of why I, you know, chose to make this move now, um, was to avoid getting too comfortable. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of the, the big picture of, of what that, uh, of what that particular thought conjures up for me. And then when you think about that thought, I, I, so I love that point about, you know, people have to stop thinking that it's going to be this ray of light, the clouds are going to open up, and this epiphany is going to fall down. It's often going to be messy trial and error, trying this, trying that, or those very small steps that are going to get you closer and closer to that goal. And so I love that idea yep. of we often think it's going to be this immediate life-changing um, event that's going to cause this to happen. And for some, it may be, but for the most of us, for the majority of us, I think it's going to be those small incremental decisions that you make on a daily basis. Where am I going to work? Where am I going to live? Where, how am I going to spend my time? You know, that I think those things impact more your ability to get to that, that long-term goal. So I love that idea. But I'm pretty sure as you were thinking about not becoming complacent, and as you were thinking about the next step, I, I, I don't know if this is true, but was, was there a case where you had multiple ideas of what that next step would be? And so how did you sift through those many different options and how did you set on, how did you become set on the Ecuador traveling self-discovery journey? How did you choose from those competing interests to ultimately get to where you are now? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's been, um, you know, keeping, keeping it, it, the big picture, something that something that Robert Greene talks about. So he's the he's the author of the Forty Eight Laws of Power, um, as well as the book Mastery, which I think Mastery is like the book every like twenty you know twenty two to twenty six year old like absolutely needs to read. Um, but what he talks about is following following your inclination. So rather than using the word passion, which I think. Um, for many people, like it gets us focused on something way too f- specific, like, you know, playing the piano is my passion or, mm-hmm. um, gardening is my passion or, uh, graphic design, like designing, you know, digital artwork or whatever is my pat. Like it gets us sucked into these hyper specific things. And most of us don't have one of these, like one hyper specific things that we're just obsessed about. So then we're like, okay, like I don't really have, uh, you know, anything, any passion. So I'm just going to do, you know, what, whatever job seems comfortable. And what Robert Green kind of says is it's, you have to follow your inclination to find your passion. So it is taking, it's taking kind of those smaller instinctual steps Mm -hmm. as you slowly move closer to that thing that, that you're, that uniquely satisfies you and that you uniquely bring value to. Um, so that's what I would say to that. I mean, in terms of Ecuador, Specifically, that kind of gets into the longer story of uh, of my uh, inner journey, uh, my journey with meditation, and my journey with with the plant medicines uh, in particular. That um, you know, I'm happy to discuss. I mean, I always you know intuited that my some point in my twenties would involve some sort of travel, some sort of maybe you know four hour work week style. Uh, income model where I'm able to make money as, as I'm traveling and those sorts of things. Um, mm-hmm. But in terms of specifically Ecuador, that's kind of manifested, you know, more recently as I've, you know, kind of been following my inclination in, in a few different ways. Got it. And just to shed some light for the listeners, what would, what is the four hour work week? I know it's a book, right? Or a, a thought that came from a book. 
Yeah, yeah. So one of my one of my major mentors, I would say, is uh, Tim Ferriss. Mm-hmm. Um, so many, you know, many are introduced to him now because he is like the number one podcast on iTunes, the Tim Ferriss Show, which is fantastic. Um, but where he first came to fame was his book called The Four Hour Workweek, which came out in like two thousand five, I believe. Um, but was essentially part philosophy, part how to book, part. Um, you know, his personal story about how he created, uh, created businesses based online uh, to generate relatively passive income where he kind of could build the business and then outsource the operational side of it. Mm-hmm. So he would only have to work on it like four hours a week, but still be able to make, you know, like 50, 50 K a month when, when his business was fully up to speed. Um, so that's kind of what you know what I mean by four hour work week. So that's that's one of the things that that's on my radar for twenty seventeen is you know taking uh, concrete steps and and for me developing my own you know personal online business. But that's that's farther down the road when I'll be going into more specifics with that. But that's that's basically what the four hour work week is about. And kind of philosophically, it's about rather than just going with the status quo, which is kind of the deferred life plan mm-hmm. of you know, work for 40 years, save up a bunch of money and then wait on this like golden period of retirement where I'm going to be able to do whatever the hell you want, whatever the hell I want. Kind of, you know, what Tim talks about is how, um, and he breaks it down in a few different ways of number one, you know, this actually isn't as, as safe as you think it is. And then, you know, kind of why, you know, what are we really doing here if we're wasting, spending the years of life where we have the most, uh, you know, personal freedom from responsibility, when we're most, you know, physically in shape and energetic, spending all those years working inside. And then, you know, when we're 60, that's when we travel or that's when we do the bucket list or whatever. And what he, he kind of puts it on his head of saying like, you know, we should be, we should design our lives where we can do more of those things, you know, throughout our life rather than just kind of saving it all towards the end, um, which, you know, is uncertain, can be uncertain in many different sorts of ways. So that's, that's the, you know, kind of the, the big philosophy there that's great and, and so looking forward i guess as we wrap up this episode just um looking forward what are you hoping to accomplish in ecuador maybe touch on the plant medicine and things that you were talking about a couple of minutes ago just as a nice yeah. thing to leave us with um yeah 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 so touching on that because i you know that's kind of what's going to be my next phase of uh Probably what a lot of my online presence initially is going to be built around is uh, communicating and, and educating people about uh, the plant medicines and what they're able to offer. And the way uh, I first heard about it was, uh, you know, a good friend of mine. Uh, we'll call them. We'll call them David, so so they can remain anonymous. But um, in the fall of 2015, so right before I started at LinkedIn, um, you know, again, I was meditating on the, on these kind of deep issues, uh, you know, coming out of my senior year at, at school and, uh, you know, battling a bit of, uh, bit of de- you know, pretty deep depression at times personally. Mm-hmm. And then I had this good friend who was battling uh, addiction, um, alcohol addiction, to the point where, you know, they were um, getting to the point where it was going to be kind of a life or death scenario if they were able, if they were going to be able to turn their lives around or not. Um, and, you know, lo and behold, on none other than the Tim Ferriss show, you know, he had an episode called um, Are 
plant medicines, the next medical breakthrough where essentially he had these two doctors on talking about how they're using these substances with, with psychoactive properties. So kind of, you know, psychedelic type property, Mm -hmm. um, that are, you know, native to various indigenous cultures in South America, some in, some in Africa, um, using these sort of plant based materials kind of that have been used in this kind of tribal sense, applying them to more of these modern ailments that we deal with from addiction to PTSD, depression, what have you, and just having utterly remarkable results. Um, these two doctors being from a clinic in Mexico where, where it's legal um, to, to do this stuff down there. Um, in the States, all this stuff is scheduled once. So we're, you know, we're actually really behind the curve here, yeah. um, though that's slowly changing. But anyway, so one thing led to another, and, and me and my friend went down to one of these retreat centers in Ecuador where they uh, use uh, ayahuasca and uh, in San Pedro, uh, which San Pedro is similar to, to North American peyote. Um, we did a 12-day retreat uh, using those medicines. And it was, uh, you know, for me, it was the most utterly transformative two weeks of my life, um, without a doubt. And, and for my friend, I mean, it's, it's been a complete 180 in terms of their addiction and their depression and their outlook on life going from being um, a state like uh, of, you know, frankly, you know, borderline, borderline suicidal to being just back and happy and engaged in life um, and, and optimistic and taking action and all these, all these sorts of great things. And for me, it's, it's, you know, it's been a similar level of transformation um, in terms of how it's helped, uh, facilitate my kind of inward journey of getting to know myself better got it and so that's what this this retreat center in ecuador that's where you're going to be focusing some of your time and energy as you look forward yeah exactly so the place is is called gaia sagrada gaia sagrada.com if you if you want to learn more they're they're actually on TripAdvisor. i i recommend checking them out on TripAdvisor. gaia sagrada how do you spell uh, that but what i'm uh g-a-i-a mm-hmm space uh s-a-g-r-a-d-a got it um and uh so what i'm gonna be doing for the next uh two three months at least we'll see is uh i'm going back down to guys to grata and doing uh working there so um so you know in exchange for uh free place to free place to to live and eat for a while yeah um, that's important um, too right <laughs> yeah that's you know that's important we got to make these things work um and it's actually financially it's it's not as hard as as you think it is that that maybe is another conversation but um Basically, yeah, I'm going to be going down there helping them um, with, you know, the logistics, helping them a little bit on the business side probably, but also helping, you know, the people coming down and, and their process and, and what they're going through as well as, you know, for me continuing on my personal journey and, and partaking in ceremonies and and those sorts of things. So I am uh, couldn't be more excited about what these what these next few months have in store down there and, and um you know, how much it's going to be able to, to catalyze kind of this, my internal journey. So I can then begin kind of, you know, that external path of what I want to, uh, you know, give back and, and offer and, and share with, uh, with, with people. Definitely. And I, and I think that episodes like these and stories like these often end on this sort of kumbaya, happy, excited. I found my 
next direction, my next step. But I, I want to sort of ask a, a frank question yeah. around, have there been times where you've second guessed or been nervous about this, the situation or, or questioned yourself along the way? Because I think that that's a very real component of taking these risks that we rarely talk about. And so I wanted to know if you had yeah. any perspective on that, of, of trying to still navigate, like, this still is sometimes scary. This still is sometimes nerve-wracking, and I'm working through that. Is that Can you relate to that or – yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. It's it's terrifying in a lot of ways. And, um, you know, for those of your listeners who aren't, you know, super familiar with, with things like um, like ayahuasca, or even if you are, it's probably, oftentimes it's even worse if people kind of know a little bit about it um, versus knowing nothing about it because there's a lot of, you know, kind of misinformation and misprojections about it. Um, you know, but even the, you know, even the plant medicines themselves are uh, extremely powerful, extremely effective. But, you know, by no means is it taking a magic pill. It's, it's, there's, you know, we kind of have a saying in, in the, in, in this space called like you earn what you learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, it's a brutally intense process, uh, essentially, you know, cramming, almost cramming like 20 years of meditation into, uh, just a period of a few hours. So it's, it's, uh, very intense, um, in that respect, um, um, but then, you know, just thinking, you know, about me in, in the decision making process, there have definitely been moments where, um, you know, I certainly feel scared about it. Um, I've never really second guessed this next step. Mm-hmm. Part of it being that, uh, I, <laughs> I, uh, you know, frankly hated what, uh, what I was doing in the corporate world so much. Um, and that for me, you know, uh, probably in the moment, right. It's not fun, but, uh, rather than I certainly wasn't comfortable. Uh, I was a little bit comfortable, but mostly I was just, uh, you're really unhappy and dissatisfied in what I was doing in the, in the corporate world. So that level of intensity. And I think, you know, it's, it's, um, that level of intensity kind of made it easier of, well, just staying here and doing this. Like, I know I'm going to hate it. Um, I know, you know, this isn't going to lead somewhere where I'm, uh, where I'm fulfilled and, and where I can be in a, in a healthy place for the long term. So it's like, I don't have a choice, but to kind of try something different and, and going back to Ecuador where, you know, I, it's been a process, right? It's not like mm-hmm. I just, you know, read about this on the internet and now I'm like hightailing it down there. I've, <laughs> yeah. you know, this has been a journey of over a year kind of getting to know how this whole space of, of plant medicine works and, and, and that sort of thing. So, you know, it's been a journey. So it's been, you know, I went down for the retreat before I decided to go down for, for a few months. So it's, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of baby, it's, it's baby steps, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. They no, feel like big, like, it seems like a massive step right now, but for me internally and, and in the context of my process, it's more been like a series of smaller steps. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you look, forward you know 20 30 years and you're looking in the mirror you're going to have to continue to choose yourself and you're going to have to live with all the decisions you're making and so you yeah know, with this you know hopefully it's a situation where you know through the highs and lows of this this next endeavor that you take you know learnings from it that are going to make you better and stronger and able to impact people's lives not only in the literal sense at this re- retreat center but also as yeah. you inspire people through your blog and your content and so speaking of your blog have you come up with um, a concept or a name? Because I would love to start pushing people <laughs> your way around it. And, and what did you envision yeah. in terms of documenting this trip? 
Yeah, yeah, great questions. And uh, I'm not quite there yet in terms of having uh, having my online presence up and kind of figuring out what platforms I want to be focused on and, and, and that sort of stuff. Um, that's going to come a little bit later. But in terms of you know, what I have in mind um, would be probably you know a mix of writing and uh, probably short form video to begin with, uh, maybe a podcast down the road as well of, uh, you know, of just sharing my experience and, and, you know, answering any questions that people have, um, and, and trying to, um, effectively communicate about, because I think, um, you know, kind of my path and my path, you know, going, you know, working with the plant medicines, which is kind of a, a path of, you know, native, native indigenous people in the Americas. Uh, the end game there, right, is, is not for me or not for everyone to kind of go back and, you know, live in the woods forever. It's, it's more to kind of have the shared consciousness of realizing that, okay, like we have reality, we have the world up here and we have to, you know, engage with that. But there's actually a lot of wisdom and a lot of healing and, and a lot of understanding from you know this other space that we've been neglecting that that can be immensely valuable um, Definitely. up here. So I where I see myself is part of maybe that bridge of communication of helping um, helping communicate about what's offered in this other world that seems very foreign to us right now, mm -hmm. but actually is going to. Uh, or already is, um, and will continue to, to, you know, provide a lot more value to, to our way of life up here as well. So that's, that's where I see myself. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, you know, where that's starting out is, uh, is I'm having a, I have a month, monthly or so newsletter where I'll be, um, you know, sharing my experiences, um, with, uh, you know, with friends and colleagues and, and some other people as well. So, if, you know, any listeners really want to, want to be on that. You can shoot me an email at ab at alexblanton.com. Um, so I, I don't have the website up and running or anything like that yet. But um, Wait, so what is it? It's ab at alexblanton.com? Yeah, ab at, at alexblanton.com. So that's that's square one where we're starting. Um, but I think being down there, I'll get a lot more clarity about what it is I'm ultimately trying to accomplish. And then from there... Uh, you know, begin to get the ball rolling. Well, this was great. Thank you so much for coming on to the ninth official episode of the Riley Rant. Just a high-level summary we discussed. It's so important to push past these conventional, narrow definitions of success that we can internalize throughout our lives, and it can ultimately force us to make decisions where we're questioning whether it's our decision or someone else's. So pushing past that, the importance then of choosing yourself and trusting your gut, following that intuition, that instinct, and then really acting and taking that risk. And I love the point that Alex made uh, throughout the podcast that he's been thinking about this for a year now. And, and the risks that he's taking are going to be small incremental steps. There wasn't this big major epiphany. It was actually smaller um, steps that were taken to ultimately get to him to where he is today. So really, really love all of the insight and the perspective that you brought to this episode. I think people are going to take a lot from it. And I'm excited that you took time out of your schedule of packing and preparing to move to really share this with us. And I'll be on the lookout, and I'm sure the listeners will as well, for when you officially go live with the blog, when you actually publish publish that email that you sent out to us. Because, I mean, just from talking to, to coworkers and 
and and friends and colleagues, you know, really resonated with people, and we were all really excited yeah. to see what you accomplish um, in the coming weeks and months. And so, thank you so much for coming on. Do you have any last thoughts or words of wisdom for the listeners before we wrap it up? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I really, really appreciate you having me on, Paul. Um, you know, this is this is my first podcast experience, so I, I appreciate. We're, we're not we're not Tim uh, Ferriss, but we're getting <laughs> you're <laughs> we're taking hey, baby you're steps, there, incremental steps. <laughs> You're getting there, man. I like what you're doing, man. You're you're very uh, very thoughtful and, and wise guy, uh, wise guy yourself, Paul. So, um, you know, it's been great getting to know you and and you know people like you. You know, during the last you know little over a year of being out and being out in California, it's crazy. It's but been a year that's so wild. Yeah, it flies by. Uh, but I guess like my my parting words of wisdom, you know, you know, going off of what we just said is, you know, listening listening to your gut. Um, you know, I, I have a little bit more, you know, I have a little bit of a rebellious streak myself, but it's like, mm-hmm. listen to yourself, literally just like, fuck, like, fuck whatever everyone else thinks or anyone else is telling you. Yeah. Uh, because most people, most people are pretty clueless themselves. Um, in terms of, you know, not most people don't have that internal clarity themselves, so oftentimes, you know, they're projecting, you know, we off, we project our insecurities onto other people all the time. So it's good to remind ourselves that, you know, people are, are doing that to us a lot. Um, and it's not conscious or on purpose or anything like that, but it's just, um, you know, understanding that, you know, my instincts for what's best for me is, 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 you know, probably the smartest voice that's out there. Um, and you know, we can have mentors and we can have all these sorts of things that, that we can, who people who we connect with, who can kind of help, you know, guide us on, on thinking through those decisions and those sorts of things. But I think, you know, it's just important to listen to our own, to our own instincts. And, um, you know, with that, you know, running, you know, talking about, you know, maybe getting too comfortable in, in the path that's good, but not great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think for me, the biggest growth has always come from kind of running towards, uh, the moments where I've been, you know, running towards, you know, the things that I fear. And I think we don't do enough of that. I think so much of our life is organized around being safe and comfortable. Um, real growth often happens in, in the most uncomfortable, the most scary, uh, the most, you know, the situations where we don't have a lot of certainty about, uh, I don't know how this is going to work out, but, um, I think it takes being pushed to that level where we are feeling a little bit, uh, anxious and uncomfortable and fearful, that kind of brings out the best in us. Um, and we can really see what, what, you know, what we have to offer. So, uh, those are the, that's what I have to say for now. Um, I'm sure, you know, the, it'll, it'll change and evolve over the next few months, but that's, it's all a journey. So, um, no, I think that, yeah, that's, that's a great way to end it. And so, Thank you all for tuning into the ninth official episode of the Riley Rant. Remember, if it's Sunday, it's time to rant. If it's Sunday, it's the Riley Rant.